Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 11 and the Bible says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of a man and being found in appearance as, as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth Amen Amen Spirit of the living God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Thank you for your presence in this place. We are grateful that we gather and you show up. We ask that in the name of Jesus that your word will transform us. Your word will draw us closer to you. Your word would keep us. Your word would shield us. Your word would shroud us. Your word would lead us. And primarily your word would guide us. We ask that in the name of Jesus Christ, as the word is coming to us, all of us, we pray that it will transform us, that we would see that we will see that the word. And when people see us, they will see a revelation of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Transform us, draw us closer to you and use us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Yesterday, the 4th of November, marked one year since I encountered Jesus face to face. And what happened that night was that I was lying in my bed and it was around 2.30, I believe. 2.30, 3 a.m., I believe. And then I saw a glistering body. I saw, when I say glistering, it's like full of light, like fluorescent. We don't have fluorescent like this. Fluorescent. This this very one. This very one. Not the three. This one. Can you see from here? Can you see? Like something like this, but brighter. And I saw a man like this. Like that glistering by the bedside of my wife. So when I looked at him, I, I saw him. It, it was so intriguing for me. So I wondered, like, what is what is going on? But I knew that was the master. I knew that was Jesus. Now, all of a sudden, he took me on a journey to two places. The first place he took me, he took me to a field. There were a lot, of, it was a huge land, a vast land. And I saw that the master was planting seed. He was planting something in the soil. Then he turned and he looked at me and he said, when the master comes, will he find a workman doing what he has called him to do? Then he took me to another place. And in the place, I saw a multitude of people. I saw millions of people gathered. It looked like a, a, a crusade, like a worship crusade. People were singing, people were worshiping, people were lifting up their hands, and people were not were reading. People were aloof. Some people were not were not partakers. Some people were not. They were not. They were not part of the service, but they were there. They were in the gathering. 
Then the master turned and he looked at me and he said, when the master comes, will he find the workman doing what he has called him to do? Then I woke up. Then he left. And I was awake and I, I didn't know what to do to my, myself. But I could feel like my skin had lifted up. I, I don't know if, you have, if any of you had goosebumps before, but this was not goosebumps. It's like, I've come close to electric. I can't explain it, but my whole body was thinking, I just slept. Usually when I, I'll wake up and I want to pray, I say, what's going on? I slept, I slept. Because I, I was too shocked with what I was seeing. When I woke up in the morning, I did not remember the vision. I didn't remember what happened, my brother. I was walking, I was walking. All of us, I, but I, when I woke up, I knew something had happened. But I couldn't pinpoint what exactly had happened. And all of a sudden, I was walking and then I remembered everything. I had seen Jesus and something happened to me. Yesterday, I called for a meeting for the leaders of, of this church and I was, the master had given me an instruction to remind them that when the master comes, will he find a workman doing what he has called them to do? What it actually means is that everyone who has been created has been given something to do. But the question is, would you find, will he, when he comes, because that day will surely come, where we would stand before the master face to face and he will ask us that the things that he gave to us, what did we do with it? It's reality. I'm, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to tell you something that, that is not biblical. Jesus Christ would hold all of us accountable for what he asked us to do on earth or what he gave us to do on earth. Hallelujah. We would all meet the master face to face. And I want this to be a burden on your heart. It's something I've been, I was telling the leaders yesterday that this should be a burden on your heart that you have a responsibility to do on earth. So that the king will be glorified. So that when you meet him face to face, you have a good report. Hallelujah. We would all stand before him face to face. And the master today has given us a word to run with. As we all know, for most of us who know, this is Zion Impact Ministries, Dunamis Mountain. By God's mercy, every month, our father in the faith, Apostle Kingsley J. Godson, gives us, as led by the Holy Spirit, a theme by which we need to run by. Because as, of, as I've always been saying, every month there is like an angel that has been released to give the people of God certain things. It's like a mother who has given birth to a child and knows that the child is going to school. And if the child is going to school, I know that I have to buy him school bag. That's why you see that little children who are going to kindergarten, you don't see them holding polythene bag unless maybe they are from somewhere. You know, a place where it's a little deprived. But in Accra, for instance, when a mother is sending a child to the school, you see some big bag. You see the small boy that carries on big bag. But the mother knows that as the child is going to school, maybe you will need refresh. Hey, I said, right now it's a kumfi. You need a kumfi, at least some one a kumfi. And then you put some one uh, bare bomb biscuits in the bag. Then you put maybe face towel, just in case. Then maybe you put some um, like a uh, 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 diapers, maybe just in case, change of clothes to make sure that when anything happens to the child, the child can change, you know? It's the same principle that has been given to us as a church that every month God wants to give us something. But the question is, do we want to receive what God has given to us? For most of us, a lot of people in the dispensation of, of the kingdom of God, when God wants to give to us because we are too far away, because we are too distracted by what is happening, we are unable to receive from him. We are unable to receive the principles or the things that he wants to give to us because his, his responsibility is to be a father to us. 
his responsibility and his mandate is to father us and to make sure that we enjoy the benefits. Sometimes your parents can decide not to give you something, not because they don't love you. And as I'm saying this, I remember those days, I always wanted to go out with my friends, you know, I wanted to go for the parties, you know, and then I'll wake up one morning, they'll tell my, I tell you, oh, daddy, please, my friend said we are going here. And they'll tell me, don't go. And I felt like, why? Why did that? My friends are going, but you don't want me to go. I sometimes like I feel like maybe don't, my daddy doesn't love me. Yeah, wicked. But what they were actually doing was that sometimes they were present, prevent, preventing you from certain things. Preventing you from certain things. And that's the reason why in our dispensation, when we ask God for certain things, we may not necessarily receive them the way we want it. He may be, he's purposely keeping to prepare you for it. Or prepare you for certain things so that when it comes, you will not disappoint him. Hallelujah. So this month, by God's mercy, is being dubbed the month of divine guidance and soul winning. By God's mercy, this divine guidance, we've, we've had it, the first time we've had two months of the same theme because it is too important. How many of you have noticed that since we have started teaching or listening to the teachings from the divine guidance, you have been receiving a certain urge to be guided by God? How many of you here? It's like you feel some urge, like do this, don't do this. Like you feel some urge and you, you, you want to be guided. Yeah. Because something has been released for us. And I believe strongly that by God's mercy, as he came to our father in the faith and he released it to the church, that we are going to be running divine guidance and so when we are praying the name of Jesus Christ, that this month will not go out, go by where we have not encountered these two principles. Divine guidance and so when. Today, by God's mercy, the, the instruction that he gave to me, the topic that he gave for us, all of us, to listen to and to learn from is divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. Divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. And the scripture that we read earlier on Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 11 is our foundational scripture. And I love the scripture so much. The first time I read it, something happened to my inner man. What the scripture is actually teaching us is how we can live like Jesus. How we can live like him, just like him. And the scripture said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Let's look at this in the New Living Translation so that we understand it better. It said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it. Oh, no, sorry, I'm reading New King James. Um, New Living Translation, please. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I love it. Beautiful. Six. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to clinch to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble posture of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. I want you to, this scripture, when you go home, I want you to take your time and read it. Let this be a scripture that we would read. I want you to read the scripture when you go home and ask God to explain the scripture to you. This can literally be the definition for humility. Literally be the definition from it for humility. And when I was looking at the English translation of humility, 
It said humility in the Bible is presented as yeah. Humility in the Bible is presented as the practice of meekness, obedience to God, respect of self and others, submissiveness, being submissive to submit to, 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 to something, to someone, and modesty, being modest. What's the, what's the meaning of modest? Not, not praising yourself higher than you are. Anyone else? Modest. Simple. I love that. Simple. But this is the definition that the master gave me when I was brooding over this particular topic. He said, humility is a kingdom principle that Jesus, the king of the king, the king of kings life taught us. Let me take it again. Humility is a kingdom principle that Jesus, the king of kings life taught. It showed us to submit your will to to submit your will, number one, to put others first before ourselves, number two, and to think of ourselves less and be intentional about relying on the Holy Spirit in every aspect of your life. That's the definition. I don't know if I'm going too fast. I'm going too fast. Forgive me. Humility is a kingdom principle that Jesus, the king of kings, life taught. It showed us to submit our will to put others first before us, before ourselves, to think of ourselves less and be intentional about relying on the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our lives. In every aspect of our lives. Salah. When it says Salah, Salah means pause. Pause and meditate. Hallelujah. So when you are reading the Bible and you see Salah, that's what it means. It's, I mean, we, we, see, we see it a lot in the book of Psalms. And we say Salah. It means pause and think about what you just read. Hallelujah. I'm very happy to see you guys in, in, in church today. God bless you guys for, for making it. Remind me that we have to pray for Toby. Okay? Remind me we have to pray for Toby. Hallelujah. I have come to understand and based on the principle that when you watch a lot of kingdom uh, movies like The Last Kingdom, Vikings, um, all of those things, you see that the king's agenda is to make sure that he replicates himself across the kingdom. Meaning that when the king has a mindset about the way things should go, it's, 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 it's his agenda first of all to make sure that the people who are around him agree to the, man, to the mindset, agree to the culture agree to the way of life before it, they, they, they are interested in impacting the people once he's able to get the people who are surrounded him to think the same way he has literally won the world he has literally won the kingdom he has, he has literally got the kingdom to be loyal to him do you understand what I'm saying so the moment the king gets the attention of all the people who are members of uh, how do they call it? Can it be like a, what? The king? No, not even the kingdom. The, like the government. Like the people who are close to him. His council. Very good. Once he can get that, get the attention of the council, he has literally got the attention of the kingdom. The entire kingdom. And for us in this dispensation where we are representatives of the kingdom, when Jesus, the king of kings, the king of the kingdom can get us to think like him, Adam, can get us to be like him, can get us to, to look like him. He has literally won the entire world. 
for, for, for his glory. He has literally, he can just use us as conduits to win some. Another reason why Jesus Christ's three year of ministry, he spent time making sure that he can get some disciples to think like him. To be like him. To represent the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And if you read the scriptures, it was not just 12 disciples that Jesus called. Do you know? It was not just, they were not just 12 disciples. There were other disciples. Do you know? Did you know? Yeah. There were other disciples that Jesus Christ was discipling. Let's look at, um, is it Luke chapter 10? I believe Luke chapter 10. The Bible teaches us that there were 70, 70 um, other disciples who were called and who were sent to go and declare the word. Hallelujah. Um, can you play? I put something on the, the group. Can you play it for me so that you don't, you don't distract me while I'm, I'm teaching? 72. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs. So you see, other disciples. So there were other disciples that Jesus Christ called. Once he was able to get the attention, get the disciples to think like him, he, he actually was able to transform towns. So you see these 70, and the Bible says that, and the disciples, and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places, and the places he planned Verse 2. And these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the, into the fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs amongst wolves. Don't take any money with you. And when you continue to read the scripture, you saw that the principle, the thing that Jesus Christ was doing, what he was doing when he was casting out demons, what he was doing when he was setting the captives free, what he was doing when the blind eyes were being opened. He saw that the disciples that he called were doing the exact same thing. It's a king's mandate to raise disciples just like him. And based on the scripture that we read in Philippians chapter 2, the number one agenda that Jesus Christ was, he started even from birth, was for the place of humility. A place of, 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 of not regarding himself. A place of sub, like lowliness, meekness. That was, his, that, was, that was his nature. And I believe strongly that the king is calling us, represents to the kingdom, to look just like him. Okay. And the first way by which we can know that we look like him is by us being truly people who are humble. Hallelujah. And that's why he gave us the, 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 the topic he said, what well, divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. By humility. Divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. Now, how many of us here can endure ins insults from a small boy? Like how you are big like this. Assuming a small boy walks to you and says, you're a fool. Like just walks to you. He says, we're there with Jimmy. I mean, How? Small boy, like small boy, like small boy, small boy. You can slap this boy. Say that they won't bother. They won't give you some knock. You sit down. Huh? But Jesus Christ endured. Can you imagine the Creator of the world coming in the form? The scripture that we read in Philippians chapter two, coming in the form of man, subjecting himself when he, he breathed the world into being. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ. When you read um, um, John chapter one, the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ was there when the world was formed. But Jesus Christ 
started his journey from the place of humility, from where he was born. The, that, that manger that he was born, it was not a, it wasn't a, a Golden Tulipo. Right now, it's what a Lancaster, Lancaster Hotel. It was not all the nice places that you think in your mind. The manger was a place of lowliness. It was a place of humility. It was a representation of meekness. So he started his assignment first by being lowly, like a, like lowly. How many of us? can endure the insults of small boys. But Jesus did it. Jesus did it. How many of us can endure someone spitting on you like you are driving or you are riding your bicycle and somebody just walking on you do on you. I know for some of us here, the way our anger is no. We will stop, we'll park the, the, the bike, the, if you're riding a bicycle, we'll park the bicycle and we'll slap the person, whether it's whoever it is. We will slap the person. Or if you are driving and somebody is, oh, it's oh, bull, But Jesus Christ endured all these things from the place of humility. Divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. Jesus endured. When we read the scriptures, when we read towards Matthew chapter 26, Yoko, what's making you smile, please, lad? When you read Matthew chapter 28, 26, towards the, the, the latter part of the, of, of, of the gospels, you see the life that Jesus Christ lived and the kind of peril he went through, the kind of wickedness that he went through from people that he breathed into being. Where they spat on him and that he, didn't, he didn't kill them. And that's the reason why as a church, as <laughs> I'm teaching you because this is her house. This is Dunamis Mount. That's the reason why we should not be praying that our enemies should die. Jesus Christ on the cross was praying that Father have mercy on them for they don't know what they are doing. And we have come to a dispensation where we are being taught that uh, we Christians, when your enemy is doing something, you have to kill them. Like, pardon me. Yeah, you have to kill them. They are telling us that, that kill them. Let them die. Jesus Christ, there are so many scriptures I can quote. Jesus Christ was not praying prayers of to kill anybody. We, have, we can pray prayers just so that their souls will be, will be rescued. Or we are praying prayers of judgment so that through the peril, through the judgment that they go through, Jesus Christ can touch their lives. That Jesus Christ can transform their lives. The reason why they are still on earth is because mercy is speaking for them. We don't have any right to kill anybody. Jesus Christ in his capacity as master, as king of all kings, the master of the universe. He didn't, he didn't think that he must be killing us anyhow. Even though he, 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 can, he can do it. I mean, we saw, we saw, we've seen it so many times um, in, in the Old Testament. But the mandate of the king is that man be restored. That man's heart be brought back to him. That people who are lost will find liberty. That people who are captive who are being held in captivity are set free. And witchcraft, people who are doing witchcraft, most of them are in captivity. And Jesus requires that their lives be saved. The people who are on the road, who are shooting and killing people, who, who, who are so wicked, they are in captivity, but it's the heartbeat of the master that they be saved so that he can use them, so that he can transform them, so that he can align them. That is the mandate of the king. That he will save some so that 
they too can transform the world. And that's the reason why every single person that Jesus Christ used, every single person that God used were people who were broken. Like, they, 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 were, they were not amounted to anything. They were murderers. They were, they were prostitutes. They were, they were harlots. Um, the people that Jesus Christ, the people that God used, they, 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 they were drunkards. Most of them, look at the people who, they, they, were, they were killing people. people. They were even killing people who believed in him. But he found it he found it necessary that he can transform their lives from, from saving them. So I'm begging you, let's not pray any prayer to kill anybody. We don't have the right to kill anybody. Pray for the salvation of their souls. If whoever, maybe they say, uh, uh, maybe your auntie from the village is is making sure that you don't thrive. Pray, pray. I said, Father, I, can, I cannot be kept in captivity from anyone who is chanting against me. Father, rescue me out of this thing. Your blood teaches me in Colossians chapter 1 that the, your, the blood, it, it wipes every handwriting that is against me. Father, Lord God, I thank you for your liberty. Rescue me out of every plot of the enemy. But Father, I also pray for this one. If God has revealed it to I pray for the salvation of his soul. Bring it to the saving knowledge of Jesus. I've, 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 I've heard, I've heard. If you have not what you have not today, I'm telling you, today, Reverend Barry mentioned one day that there were witches who encountered Jesus Christ in their life was transformed forever. Father, I pray for the salvation of her soul. Rescue her. But whatever she's decreeing in my life, it won't work. Because the Bible has taught me that every, that Jesus Christ has come to save and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now when Jesus Christ sets you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. But of course, there are certain things that we do that takes us back to the place of bondage. And he, he still has the capacity of rescuing us. His mercy is, is available. His grace is too potent to save us and rescue us and bring us back to the saving knowledge of, of, of Jesus Christ. That is the mandate of the king. That we look like him. That we look like him, people of God. That we look like him. That we look like him. That, that, that whoever encounters us will see that we have met Jesus Christ. I want us to get to a dispensation where people will look at us and say that, this guy, you're a true Christian. You, you have met Jesus Christ. Sebastian, I want us as a people represented to the kingdom of God that whoever meets us, whether it's our wives, whether it's our parents, whether it's our husbands, whether it's our bosses, whether it's our classmates, may they know that mm, there's something about this guy. I want to love God like this. People who are so quick to say I'm sorry, it's a, it's, 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 it's a principle of, of someone who is humble. Someone so quick to identify that totally I'm making a mistake. I, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still struggling with this particular weakness. I know God will rescue me, but right now I'm making a mistake and I'm sorry. I want to apologize. That is the principle of humility. Divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. And I want us to truly, truly, truly reflect Jesus because he is the king. He is the king of our lives. And he has promised to take us to the land of plenty. So based on all that we have heard, the opposite of humility is pride. The opposite of humility is pride. And when we look at James chapter 4 from verse 6, the Bible teaches us that God, he opposes those who are proud but it gives grace to those who are humble. An attribute of somebody who is proud is someone who, when he has made a mistake, he will, he will say, that, like, you know, I don't need help. I don't need God's help. It's an attribute of pride. Another attribute of pride is someone who will say that this thing, this thing, me, I can never do it. So I'll give you an example. 
there was this um uh, there was this man who had seen somebody cheat on his wife. Okay, my brother. And when he saw that thing, he said, This guy, you are a very wicked man. You how can you are going to church? And there are people who go to church. How can you be going to church and you go and sleep with your wife? Me, I can never do this in my life. That is an attribute of pride. You say that, yes, I will never do by the grace of God. By the grace of God, this thing, and I know God will help me. And that's the reason why when I see anyone do anything, I say, I say to myself, this thing, me too, I can do it. When I see somebody cheat on their wife, I, I say to myself, this thing, if God has not helped me, I will do it. I'll do this and even times time 20. I'll sleep with more people. When I see somebody smoking weed, I will look at the person, this thing, eh, me, I can do this and more. But because I'm, I'm helped by the Holy Spirit, that is an attribute of, 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 of humility. So I don't want us to look at anybody and, and like, be little, like, say, look at this, Charlie. Because what they are doing is, you are, um, you'll be amazed at the, the kind of prayers that have been prayed for you. That's how you can be still in church today. You'll be surprised the amount of prayers or the amount of things that people have done that has caused you to sit here. And I remember Reverend, I was having a conversation with Reverend Della on Friday. And he made me think about something. He said something about, about my father, my biological father, and the kind of things that he has done for me to be able to stand here to preach. Or for me to be able to enjoy the benefits I enjoy. He has dealt with, well, if I tell you my father, my father is from Jamestown, Asere. And if right now, let's take a road trip to Jamestown. You will see what goes on there. Sunday morning. You see some people learn, some people are dancing, some people are, are doing their own thing. If you like, let's go there. Right now. And the kind of stories that my dad, my biological father told me, and I honor him wherever he is. I love him with all of my heart. The kind of things that my father taught us, when we were, the kind of stories he told us, he saw that, Charlie, if it was not God's hand, eh, Charlie, I won't be here. Because all his siblings are in penury. Penury is poverty. It's like, it's the extreme version of poverty. Like, siblings. I'm telling you. But it took only the hand of God to plunge him out of that thing. So I appreciate the things that he has done for me. I can never see my life anywhere that my father has not done anything for me. And my mother, I can never say it by God's mercy. And I want all of us here to never say it anywhere. Wherever you go, no matter how your parents are treating you or whether they are responsible, they are not responsible, it's because of certain things that they did that you have the opportunity to be where you are. Oh yeah, if you like, let's do science. Count the number of sperms that a man ejaculates. You will see that you are here by wonder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You are here by wonder. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. <laughs> you are my idea. It's a wonder. You are here by wonder. So, everyone who walks on, on, on the surface of the earth is never a mistake. But we have a responsibility as representatives of the kingdom to reflect him. Like, to, 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 to be like him. If Jesus was humble, we are humble. If the word said it, we believe it. We will run with it. We will move with it. He said it. We believe it. And he's teaching us this morning that he was the perfect example of humility. People of God. The perfect example of humility. And this is the dispensation that God has called every single one of us 
to walk in. And I was talking about the opposite of pride, the opposite of humility is pride. I was mentioning some of the things that can make you can make you look like you are proud. And why we must be humble. I remember when I was in school, at a point in time, I used to stop my class. They even promoted me at the point because I was too bright. And because of that, I became very proud. When I see people who are not struggling in class, when I see people who are struggling in class, Charlie, Charlie, go, go, they're back. Make the sharks come, they together. Or when the sharks are together, we are trying to break, break things. And then you come and sit in our midst and I'll look at you like, Charlie, Charlie. You know? And I knew, I knew what God did was that he took my academics from me. All of a sudden, I was not bright anymore. I was in the middle. Somebody who was stopping the class. Somebody who was promoted. Like when they're mentioning, they don't mention my name. And he took my class. I was asking from class five when I went to went for holidays and I came back. Half of my brain was taken, taken away. Quiet, challenge your was And then when I started the class, I saw that all my academics, I was not as sharp as I used to be. I was not sharp anymore. And it was a painful period. Imagine knowing that you have something, all of a sudden has been taken. I thought someone has even done me. But it was years later that I noticed that God allowed it to happen to prepare me to be the man I am today. So certain things that God allows you to go through is so that your image can truly look like him. You can be from you, you can you can you can you can be someone who is like him, who looks like him, so that he can lead you to the place of plenty. The reason why we don't see a lot of Christians wealthy with plenty of money is because God is intentional about building their capacity so that when they have money, the people, it, it would attract those who also have money but don't have him. So, just like Apostle was saying on, on, on Friday, like millionaires are having a conversation, but among us millionaires, me, I have an extra advantage. I'll be a millionaire one day, amen? amen. You will be a millionaire one day, Amen. amen. If you don't be a, if you don't be a, become a millionaire, you have money. You'll be able to do the things God wants you to do. Hallelujah. And one of the things that he said was that the millionaires, if millionaires are having a conversation, there's one thing that they don't have. Most of them don't have Jesus. Most of them don't have peace. They have money. No peace. Peace, no day. You see some of them, they are married. They have a lot of money, but they are going to hospital doing this. I'm not saying that those who go to hospital don't have Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm making a statement. Some of them don't have their peace, but they have money. Some of some, somebody will say, Oh, Charlie, me, 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 I won't get money. I don't want the peace. No, I don't want the peace. I just won't get money. You're growing, you see. And God allows us, most of the Christians, He prepares them so that when they have wealth, they will transform the nation, but the wealth won't transform them. And that's the, the epitome of the king of the kingdom in his splendor. If you have the privilege of going to heaven, all of us will meet the master and we will go to heaven. Amen. And that's why we are here being prepared. You will see the kind of wealth that this guy has. Oh, the guy is wealthy. The king of the kingdom, he gave money to. He's too wealthy. But he subjected himself, came in, in the likeness of man. The likeness of a man. Man like, like this body that can die anytime. This body that grows old. You can see some of your pictures. You see that even a year ago, you saw how young we were looking. This year, you see that your face has changed. But the eternal God, the one who time does not pass him by, the one who exists at the end, at the beginning, at the beginning when he said, let there be light, he was at the end. 
my master, my friend, and he thought it necessary to come on earth and be humble. And when we look at the scripture that we were reading in Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 to 11, from verse 11, from verse 10 and 11, let's look at 10 and 11, just by being humble, the Bible says that his name became so great that every other name, when they mention it, they go on their knees in heaven, on earth, under the earth. No, there's something under the earth. I, I, I hope you know. There's something under the earth. <laughs> if you like, you can dig. You can be digging for a year. You enter into another kingdom. <laughs> I beg you. Don't. I'm joking. Please. <laughs> when you dig, you, when you see water. <laughs> and that every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Just by, by being in the place of humility. Subjecting his will to God. And I just want us to go back to the definition. Eluard, were you able to type the definition? Can we put it on the screen? And then just to, just to exemplify what humility means. Again. Humility is present. Is, no, not this one. The, the kingdom one. Yeah. Humility is a kingdom principle that Jesus, the king of kings, life taught us. Where would to get everything? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. You're, you're good. God bless you. It showed us to submit our will. Number one. One way by which we can be divinely guided by God is to submit your will to him. Can I have a pen? A pen. Someone else who is not writing. Can I have a pen? Very good. God bless you, my brother. So, we are going to back to class one. This is a pen. Pen. P-E-N. The importance of this pen is dependent on the writer. So this pen, just this pen, in the hands of Kevin, for instance, would write something. In the hands of Lepsy, it will write the same thing, same pen. It It can write something else. Or let's not even say write. Let's say sign. In the hands of Denzel, when he signs maybe on a check, it means something. But it's still the pen. It doesn't change the, the potency that this is a pen. Pen. P-E-N. It does not change the fact that this is a pen. But in the hands of the writer, it determines what the pen, what the pen will do. It determines the efficiency of the pen. Now, every single one of us here are human beings. But in the hand of the creator, the king of all kings, he has the potency, he has the power of writing our lives in a way that brings him glory. In the same vein, the same human being, in the hands of the enemy, Charlie, he will use you to do wonders. <laughs> he will be a wonder. <laughs> but the same human being, and I want you to look back of the way your life used to be. God bless you, my brother. I want you to look back the way your life used to be. In the hands where the enemy was the one who was divinely guiding you. You saw the things that you were doing. You saw where you went to. I'm just using myself as an example. The time where I was no more submitted to God. I had, no, I had not submitted my will to God. When I was coming from um, um, high school, I went to a very, very good school. And 
when I was coming in that good school, I used to be creepy. From my second year, second, third year, and fourth year, I decided I was going to work for God. My first and second year, I was all over. I was singing for girls. I was all over the place. And my mother told me a story about my life. And I've mentioned it here before. I don't want to go there because of time. And when my, mommy told, my, my mother told me a, a story about my life, I decided, you know what, I'll submit my will to God. So those, the third and fourth year, I was crazy for God in high school. But when I finished high school and I was going to university, a certain girl I was dating in high school broke my heart. And when she titi makoma, I decided, Father, me, I've been saving you all this that you can use. You want to use somebody to titi makoma? Okay, you know what? I'm not going. I'm no more going to submit my will to yours. I want. To, I'm going to chill. So the freshman year of 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 of, of college, tell you, I chilled. You can ask my wife. We chilled. We chilled. I was all over the place. Girls were lying in my bed. Different, different people who are my friend will be chatting. By the time I wake up, they are lying by me. We are all asleep. Different kind of things. Hallelujah. I, I went off. And I saw that that period of my life, the kind of things, the mistakes I made, if I was not careful, if grace didn't visit me, I would have lost it. Because I was guided by something else. One vessel from ending of uh, uh, um, high school, third year, fourth year, I was on fire for him. Same vessel. Freshman year of HSC, I was off. Same vessel. But what justified the things I did was who was guiding me. It was who was guiding me. And I saw that the time that I decided to give my life fully to God, I, did, I, I saw the kind of things I was doing. I was fooling, Charlie. I was all over the place. I was doing things that I knew that it, it will cost me issues. And what happens in, in every time, in every part of our life, when we don't fully submit our will to God, we'll end up doing certain things that would not bring us to the land of plenty. I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. I'm telling you, I sense his presence in this place. where we don't submit our will. We, we say that, Charlie, we are doing certain things that we, are, we know that this and I, I, I am me power to do this one. Until I decided that, you know what, I'll submit my entire, not part of it, entire being to God. And what happened was that when I submitted to God, God helped me erase some of the mistakes that I made. Most of the mistakes that I made. For some, for some of them, there was this girl I hate. It took her five years to forgive me. One, two, three, four, five. When that girl said, Makoma, no matter what you teach someone, it's a If I was not submitted to God, I was allowing someone to guide me, Elua. Something, a certain deity was guiding me, was making me make certain mistakes. And it cost me big time. It took only God's mercy to visit me. So the first thing that we need to remember, and this is my closing statement, I have so much to teach, or to teach you today, but I want this one to sink in so that we can pray and take our communion and go home. I want this to sink in. The first thing that we need to know is that the king wants us to know that he can lead us to the land of plenty. He can lead us to a place of peace. He can lead us to a pasture. A pasture that he has prepared for us. He can lead us to a place where, where we, we, we will not cry anymore. He can lead us to a place that even when we don't have money, we would, we would know that we have him. 
He can lead us to a place where he knows that he, he is the, he's the strength of our lives. He can lead us to a place that, he, that we will know that he's a shield. That when the enemy attacks us on various fronts, he will know that he reminds us that I am with you. I am your exceeding and great reward. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a word that I gave to you. If he said it, we'll believe it. If he said it, we'll believe it. If he said he's our strength, he's our strength. If he said he's going to provide, he will provide for us. If he said he's going to stand with us and he will never leave us when things are difficult, he will never do it. But the king requires that we be submitted to him fully. Not half. Not half. Fully. It's the, the, the king's responsibility is to get the people who are following him to be submitted fully to him. So that he can guide them to the land of plenty. Hallelujah. So that he can guide us to the land of plenty. And that land of plenty, he is the one who has the capacity to guide us there. He is the good shepherd. Heaven, he is the good shepherd. Submitting our will to God. Putting others before ourselves. Putting others before ourselves. And one way by which you can put others before yourself. For instance, you are going to, a, to sit in the car. And maybe you know that this elderly woman, you can see it in her eyes that, Tell this where this woman is going to is maybe important. Or maybe she needs to sit down. And you are taking the last seat. You can decide that, you know what, I just want to put this woman before me. Let me get down. Let her sit down so that she can go. I'll find my way. I'm giving you an, a very a radical example. That's one way by which you can put others before yourself. You know that there's a last chicken in the house. And you know that this person is more hungry than I am. She's hungrier than I am. <laughs> you know what? Let me just give you the chicken because I'm considering you more than myself. And that's what Jesus Christ did. He considered himself. And that's the reason why he died that kind of wretched death for us. He died a prisoner's death. Because he was considering us before others. And for instance, you know that maybe you are living with your parents. One way by which you can consider yourself more than your parents is that maybe six o'clock you wake up, you wash your father's car. You are considering him more than yourself. You know that sleep is important. And sleep is good. It's very sweet. Especially when you enter. There's some sleep and when you enter, when they are calling your name, you hear it in echo. <laughs> but you know because you are considering yourself before others, before yourself, you wake up and clean the car. You know that you know that there are dishes in the sink that needs to be washed. One way by which you want to consider yourself other than instead of maybe you want to go to your room and go and play game, you would rather stay in the kitchen and wash the dishes. For instance, if you are here, you are married, you know that maybe your wife, your wife may be, may be out of town. When he's arrested, you know in that maybe the house you have decided that she would wash the dishes. One way by which you can consider him over yourself that even though she's away, you know that when she comes home, she'll be tired. Let me go and do the dishes if I'm available. You know? Considering others above ourselves is a representation. It's, 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 an, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a principle of the kingdom that makes us humble like Jesus did. And thinking of yourselves less. Not, not, not lifting up yourself, puffed up yourself. I'm telling you, Mijimi, Mijimi, can you, you do know who I am? One way by which we can be tested is when we are driving. That's the way you can be tested to know if you are humble. And when a driver does something, he crosses you down. He says, oh, pull. You want to step on that. I have a certain friend, a certain guy. When someone wants to overtake him, that's when he's stepping on the accelerator. Because he doesn't want anybody to overtake him. 
if you want to know if your heart is good, drive. <laughs> Let me see you are insulting everybody. Say, boom, pull, boom, pull, echo. I say, mommy, so mommy, who mommy be? You know? But us who have been given the responsibility to reflect Jesus Christ, the king of the kingdom, we cannot do that. It's not humility. Thinking of ourselves less and being intentional about relying on the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. Salah, God bless you, my dear, for putting that Salah there. We need to think and put on it. I'm telling you, people of God. Divine guidance to the land of plenty by humility. By God's mercy, we would go into the characteristics of humility and then we'll see where God would lead us. But I believe strongly from the depths of my heart that God really wants to lead us, people of God. He wants to lead us in our homes. He wants to lead us in our families. There's this couple that was having a relationship, a, a conversation with, we can, be, we can be outstanding. There's this couple that was having a conversation with and they were talking about the kind of issues that were happening in their home. And I noticed that the issues that they were ha- having in their home, if they truly submit to God, those issues will never be there. So they will be fighting. They are insulting themselves and stuff. And don't most like one week ago, they, one month has gone. They didn't go to church. They've not prayed. Those things will, would linger in your home. They will be playing chaskele with you. Yeah. God wants to restore us. Jesus wants to guide us to the land of plenty. But first, we need to remember this. It's a principle of the king that he was humble. And this was one thing an apostle mentioned last week when he was teaching in Agape Mount. He mentioned it's humility, being guided from the place of humility. Hallelujah. God wants to lead us. I'm telling you, it's the desire of the king that he will lead us to a place of plenty. I don't want us to look at our insufficiencies. I want us to run to him. He is the one who can transform us and make us look us to look like him. has a capacity of transforming our image so that we will truly look like him. If we say we are king, we are Christians, that means everyone must see us and see him. Remember this one. If we say we have a relationship with Jesus, the king of the kingdom, it means that everyone who meets us must see him. So, it means that we must be intentional about making sure that they see him. I'm telling you. Beryl, I'm telling you. You must be intentional about making sure that they see you. It's not just about coming to church Sunday. No. Take away that mindset from you. And this morning on radio, Prophet, um, Prophet Ojo was, was hammering to the church about how some people, they say they are Christian. Their mind, their heart is, 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 is darkened. Their heart, their mind has become so darkened that they come to church, but they will go out and be sleeping with somebody's wife. Or they'll come to church and then they'll be doing certain things. I want us to know that the, that the church is, 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 is to repair us so that when we go, we can, we can be effective. And that's the reason why you go to the hospital. You see that you can't, when you are sick, you can't, go to the, you can't go to work. So when you are sick and you are working, they will tell you, go to the hospital. When you go to the hospital, you take the medication that you need to take. When you are well, they'll tell you, come back to work. 
It's the same principle of the kingdom that when we come to church, we must be intentional about making sure that we look like him so that we can, we, we can, we can heal a broken world. I want us to lift up our hands to God and say, Father, today, as you have taught us about humility, may I be humble. May that burden of humility come upon me like never before. The same way my stomach could tell me it's time to eat. Let that burden come upon me. Let that burden of humility come upon me so that wherever I go, people will see me and they'll see you. People will see me and they'll see you. May I be humble. May I be humble. May I be humble. Divine guidance into the place of plenty by humility by humility. God can only guide us into a place of plenty when we are humble. When we look like him because he was humble. Come on, speak to the master. Come on, speak to the master. Come on, speak to the master. This is a Kairos moment. I see light, like a spotlight being shown on us. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Speak to the master. I see light like a spice. It's like a spotlight being shown on us. It's a Kairos moment. It's a moment where we can rededicate our hearts to God, all of us, and ask the Holy Spirit to make us look like Him. All of us, all of us. This prayer is for all of us. People of God, representatives of the kingdom of God, dynamites in the kingdom of God. God wants us to look like Him. Jesus wants us to look like Him. Whatever posture you want to take, take it now. But I want you to engage the master and ask him to make us humble. So that our wives will see us and see humility. Our husbands will see us and see humility. That our parents will see us and see humility. I surrender to you Jesus Rababa shabana de bato fere de kapali adoro boso fere de kapa le fere ni andolo po fere de plika palo andada pa le kapere de kafalo andolo boso tefe le dinkri katiyago le fere de baliano pende. I pray in the name of Jesus that humility will come upon you like never before. I engage the angels that have been released for this service that they will walk with us. There will be a burden of humility that will come upon us like never before. I stand in the unction as a man ordained by God and I declare that humility will come upon you like never before. In the name of Jesus, I pray that every pain in your heart it loses hold. Now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministry.